1: Welcome to Day Talk, a good game for another wonderful week. Coming to you again via Zoom just because of my messed up late night work schedules and Harvey's got a little bit of a sickness. Hey, I'm Locky, by the way, uh, Well, and, and, and I'm joined by Harvey.
2: <laughs> hello, hello. Yeah, a little bit run down once again, but it's a pleasure to be here via Zoom anyway. Lots of good footy to chat about this weekend. There's obviously the end of the sort of trade period. A few players making late switches, a couple of big injuries. Lots of things to talk about. And a few suspensions as well. All all that's going to shape the run into the finals. The ladder's taking shape, but there are still plenty of positions to fight for. And yeah, a couple of teams on the resurgence.
1: There are, yeah, absolutely. A couple of teams on the resurgence and a couple of teams that are falling away. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. The Brisbane Broncos. Anyway, we'll get into it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I get—I think one of the biggest talking points from the weekend, Harvey, was uh, the the good boy, the 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 guy who had never hurt a fly, Nathan Cleary, uh, uh, basically turning Dylan Brown upside down and yep. trying to snap hurting his neck fly. off, hurting a fly. Yep, <laughs> he's done it. The man has done it.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's obviously like. As a terrible tackle and fully deserving of the suspension and the send-off, and there's been a precedent set with a couple of other tackles this year which have had similar outcomes. Um, I just can't help but wonder maybe it's a silver lining for Penrith. They're going to protect their most as prized asset yeah. until finals. He's a player that we know doesn't need form really like can just come in and do like improves the side regardless yeah obviously he'll stay nice and fit won't have that match fitness but he'll be able to get through and i mean they are going to be missing both of their key halves for the run into finals louis out with a um mcl injury so Pressures on Sean O'Sullivan and yeah, Robert va- ta- steps up to that final spot.
1: Valuable for Sean O'Sullivan before heading north to the Dolphins next year. I think Wayne Bennett will be, will be loving the fact that, that Cleary and uh, and Luai are both out because it gives, totally. gives his, his, his man, his number seven for next year, a chance to really steer a team through this weird little period. Yeah, but, 100%. But uh, Panthers are like three wins clear at the top of the ladder are they in any danger of losing that minor premiership spot?
2: I don't think so. I I, I can't see um, them losing that many games. I think their performances will obviously take a dip, but the the quality around the side is too strong Mm. for them to lose three or four of these last five games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that there's talk that the Cowboys are going to come and get them, but I I, I honestly think Panthers... They might drop a game or two here and there, but they are. There's talk that they're like a one man side with Cleary, but they're not really. They've had, they've gone through a lot of times, missing him, missing Lui, and and the team comes together. They're a really strong side, and they've got that next man in mentality now. You know, they're up there with the the storm, the Melbourne Storms of uh, with that sort of attitude around the squad and how it functions. So yeah, I don't, I don't think. I agree with what you say I think it'll be a blessing in disguise and if anything it gives them a chance to to really just get themselves right Cleary and Luai coming into the finals
2: for sure for sure I mean they'll have plenty of time to study their main competition as well I'm sure they'll do lots of video work they'll they'll have a game plan for every top eight side and I don't think it's going to dent their confidence, especially if they get through with, you know, if they go undefeated for the rest of the season now, that's just a massive boost mm. because, yeah, for for a squad like that to lose two of their most key players and to not drop any points and then to run home with the premiership or minor premiership would be, yeah, massive confidence boost for knockout rounds.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And uh, another half, another half back who's... He's gone down and will miss the rest of the regular season. For a team that has less opportunity to be kind of sitting pretty at the top of the ladder, Parramatta, they've lost Mitchell Moses. He's uh, He's gone. That'll mean that Dylan Brown, young Dylan Brown, will have a lot more responsibility on his shoulders heading into finals, which I'm excited to see.
2: Totally. I think he's, he's almost ready for it. I think he is young still, but he's played plenty of games over the last two or three years, and he's shown his talent both at Parramatta and for New Zealand more recently um I think it's going to give Jacob Arthur a chance to come in so mm. we're going to have you know when one, one father and son combo goes down in the clearies that the Arthur's take their place True. um which is exciting for Parramatta I suppose I know he's a local boy and been in their junior system for a long time yeah but I think their look Parramatta losing Moses is much more impactful on their side than Penrith losing Cleary, um, yeah. just because of the the amount of sort of uh, control Moses has over that side, and it's very hard seeing how anybody's going to step up into that role.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's going to be going to be frigging tricky. Um, uh, hopefully, I think Parramatta they have they're pretty safe in that top eight now. I'd think so, especially after defeating Penrith. On the weekend. You may not think so. I don't know. You know, obviously. I don't know.
2: Manly's, Manly plays them on Friday night this week. Yeah, this is a big one. Brookvale, which is going to be massive. Um,
1: as long as, as Manly don't, out of nowhere, pull out a rainbow jersey, then uh, yeah, exactly. they should, should yeah. have a full squad.
2: It will be interesting to see what the the lineups like whether yep. all those players are coming straight back in
1: yeah it's an interesting yet, yet
2: one. to yet to see well but, um, it's
1: interesting it's interesting going forward for manly like the trust within the playing group because you know there are you know it's it's just a really interesting one because it's easy enough to just say yep they'll miss a week slot them back in this week but if if there are players who you know slogged their guts out last week against the roosters in what yes. ended up being a brave loss like a close loss yeah and then they've they're just looking at these guys who thought they you know thought they'd take a week off uh, there's there's an element of trust loss there potentially i think
2: i think the fracture within the playing group is far greater than anyone's really able to understand mm. um it, it's totally a trust thing there was um some reports that the players all got together on sunday evening um, without any of the coaches or the club or anything, just to sort of iron things out between themselves. And I think the general consensus from those that played is they don't really understand. They they can't wrap their heads around giving up on on the sort of finals chances against the Roosters. Like, the consequences of them not playing from the club's point of view are far more, like... Mm. Like I think, I think there are players who feel let down yeah. by by those that chose to stand down, and uh, it's really disappointing. And I think this game against Parramatta is massive because it's either gonna galvanise the squad and say we we've moved past this, we get a good win, we're still in finals contention, we can still beat the top sides. Let's push on, do what we can for the last four weeks, and see if we can crack the top eight. Or if we yeah. lose, I think the season's gone. I think it could all unravel, and um, yeah, I think I think it will prove to be a key turning point in that whole saga. So, totally, yes, Friday
1: night's a big one. Best thing you could hope for as a Manly fan is to see though the 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 uh, the Rainbow Rebels, the the seven, <laughs> put on a yeah, just come out with absolute intensity, and I guess do whatever they can to make up for lost time against the Eagles. That's 100%. all you want to see as a Manly fan. Um, something as a Tigers fan that I'm a bit confused about and, and in fact as an NRL fan in general, it confuses mm-hmm. me a little bit um, about why the Tigers are, 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 are giving are giving players on loan to teams like the Storm and the Roosters. Yeah. Um, in David Nofaluma going to the Storm, Oliver Gildart's now going to the Roosters. Two players that well, I mean, Noffer should kind of always be within our within our first-choice team. I don't know why he's not been... He, made.
2: Was, he was one of the co-captains at the <laughs> start of the season.
1: <laughs> was he? I'm not sure that he was. He was <laughs>
2: wasn't he one of the he top might, five? Or oh, I maybe think not. he
1: might have just missed out. I'm not sure. Nah, um, and Oliver Gildart wasn't making the side anyway. But I still just... I find I find it if i was a, a fan of a side of any side that wasn't the storm or the roosters especially if i was like a fan of one that was going to be playing finals yeah i'd be a bit miffed about the whole thing because it it feels just like well you know they had injuries they had suspensions and they can just just bring in players from teams that aren't going to play finals and it it feels really unfair and unbalanced
2: yeah i don't like it i don't like it no. i I don't mind the, like, loan deals and yeah. the, the swaps at, at the start of the yes, season. yeah, yeah. Mid-season, Harry, yeah. I think it's um, probably... I mean, we had it last year with, with Tavita Pangai Jr. going to Penrith. Um, yeah. And I think it is a real issue that the game is going to have to address. I think the, the benefit that the Tigers get out of it, one, obviously it clears their roster for younger players to get a chance. And obviously they're not in a run for finals.
0: Mm.
2: And two, it actually does clear up salary cap space for next year, because if you don't spend all your salary cap this year, it can like you get like five or 10% to carry over to next year. Mm. So in terms of the Sheen's rebuild, taking shape the recruitment that they want to do over the summer letting a couple of players go now not paying their wages is going to free up a couple more percent to give them next year oh uh, yeah. yeah we know that, that that teams down the bottom of the ladder have to pay overs to attract players so i think that, that's like, the only perk but in terms yeah. of the game overall I, I think it's a bad look
1: that's right like i think there's no doubt that it benefits all the clubs involved like everyone's getting a benefit out of it otherwise they wouldn't agree to the deal but It's it's the sort of thing that the NRL needs to regulate I think as the governing body Um, because it's just otherwise it's going to keep happening and especially in a sport where there is like a finals series and there's no relegation or anything. It means that you do hit a point in the season where some teams know they'll be playing finals where there's still five weeks or whatever left and other teams know that they're not and you know sure we got to avoid the wooden spoon, but there's no consequence for getting a mm. wooden spoon. You don't, nothing happens. So we might as well take what. So as you know, I don't blame the clubs. We might as well take whatever whatever positives we can get. But it's just, it's, it's just. It, I'd I'd be a bit pissed off if I was if I was a different team, watching it all totally, happen. totally, yeah.
2: and yeah, who who knows what the damage that could be done by you know Nofaluma in the storm system type of thing. Could be for the the back end of the year. Hey, it could be. It could be,
1: it could be a premiership winner. Don't have enough Luma.
2: Exactly, and the, and the reports of like I think the storm especially were calling up heaps of clubs, <laughs> trying to get middle forwards and outside backs to come into their side. They wanted a fullback. They've been on the phone, tr- you know, mm. almost nagging other teams. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly.
1: It, yeah, and like Reese Walsh, who's sort of who's already set to leave the Warriors, who's now not making then like not getting their like number one jersey yeah. and then like Storm were trying to get him. And there's all these different like players that the Storm in particular have been going after. And it feels like the 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 Panthers kind of opened the floodgates to that idea last year with Tavita Pangai Jr. If anything the Tigers and Storm their original loan deal of Harry Grant and Paul Momorowski probably like loosened the door. Uh, yeah, but and now think, now teams it, are taking advantage of it.
2: I think it's very different, and I think the game does have a problem with its contract situation. Anyway, with yeah. you know lots of players that backflip on deals or that ask for a release after you know one or two years into a into a longer term deal, and so there is this issue um, more broadly in the game. But when it comes to like mid season players just switching clubs for the j- just to like get into a premiership winning side or it, it seems to be those, it is those top teams that are negotiating this. you didn't see really any sort of mid tier clubs or bottom eight clubs trying to fight for players to come to them early. No. Um, so it's, it's the powerhouses that are trying to exploit their standing in the game. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's fair.
1: Yeah. And all that being said, I'm very excited for Team List to be announced this week. I, I'm excited. I'm actually very excited to see David Nafaluma get his Melbourne Storm debut, and I hope he smashes it. And honestly, I hope he wins a premiership this year. because yeah. that'll be freaking awesome. He debuted uh, around the same time as Luke Brooks, so he's also never played finals before. It's such a thrill wow. that he will get. he's going to play finals for the first time in his career. No, he's going to
2: come back and go, sucked him, Brooksy.
1: Yeah, honestly. But, you know, yeah, for the Tigers, the other benefit is that a player like Nofaluma gets, gets 10 or so weeks in the Storm system and comes yep. back to us and then, we, yeah, we hopefully, I guess, has that, that experience of professionalism and everything that they do at their club and brings it back home. That's, that's, yeah. that's all that we can hope for.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's lots that are impacting the run into finals, for so sure. We have so touched on. on. Um, one of the big games of the weekend I just want to get your thoughts on yes. was the Sharks up against the Rabbitohs in a Golden Point thriller. And it was. These are two sides that at their best look like premiership winners but seem to have a few inconsistencies throughout the season. Yes, Obviously sharks came away with this one. What are your thoughts on these two sides? Oh,
1: it's a, it's it's an interesting one. It's it's like I, you know, I, I guess I think like Latrell Mitchell now being back in this Rabbitohs side is a huge boost for them because before yeah. before that I would have looked at this game and I would have gone sharks sharks to win it easily, uh, but they are a transformed side when Latrell's in there. They they've the things things switch on a little bit more. There's a bit more of a spark. There's a bit more for. Cody Walker to work with yeah. um in his back line. And so it's yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh both currently well Rabideau is now currently in that top eight. I thought earlier in the season that they would they would for sure not make the top eight this year yeah, based on look, the way they, they were playing. In danger. But uh I think they'll be there now. I think they will. Um and Sharks look real good too. So sharks are they're firming. It's really interesting this this top four Sharks and Cowboys are both there as the the sort of newcomers, and you've got Panthers in Melbourne who have been there and done it before. But they're both yeah. they're both you know losing lots of players to injury and suspension. So I like it. I like where the season's at.
2: A hundred percent. Personally, I still think Penrith and Cowboys is the grand final to be. I, I think those have been the two best sides this year, mm. and that's the final I'm I'm gunning for. But the Sharks, I st- I think they can upset anyone. I really do. I'm hoping Um, for um, a Cowboys-Sharks
1: grand final. That's my hope. It's not too far away. It's not too far away. Uh, (laughs) Let's go to a little ad break and come back with the Fantasy and Tipping Champs from the week.
2: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: All right, we're back from the ad break. Harvey, take it away.
2: All right, fantasy and tipping. Very interesting this week. We had ties across both of the competitions. So our fantasy coaches of the week tied with their scores of 933 for the week. Just gone. So congratulations to Twiles Kebab Shop, coached by Jack G., And A Sutherland, coached by Angus S with their scores of 933. Excellent performances. Not quite near that thousand point mark, but I think a few people struggled. Lots of people would have had Cleary in that side, maybe as a captain. And that uh, that's a a lot of damage. How's Um,
1: our our ladder leader going? Do we know?
2: Doing all right. He just outside the top 500. Don't even want to hear about it. What's Um, happening, to people?
1: What's going on? (laughs)
2: But we've got two inside the top thousand with our second place Jake Hutley coming in at nine hundred and thirtieth as okay. well. Right. Okay. Okay, so I'll take that. If we a don't have push.
1: If, if we can't have one inside the top five hundred, then I'll then I'll accept two inside the top thousand. <laughs> that's that that's that that's where it ends, okay? Good compromise. Good compromise. Get better.
2: Um, and then in tipping, we had a few people get seven out of eight, nobody with full marks, but there were two tipsters mm. who managed to get the same margin of six, which was the smallest. Across the weekend. So, congratulations to Eshe Jr., tipper Josh Walker. Nice. And John E., one, two, three, tipper John E., congratulations. margin of six, tipster of seven.
1: I think I know why nobody got eight out of eights, because two words, West Tigers, hello. Defeating, of course. Defeating top, knocking sides out of the top four these days for fun. Uh, I just
2: assumed it was because everybody tipped Manly to win, but... The we, Tigers. We, we, went, we barely touched
1: on that. No, we, that's all right. That's, uh, I don't need, don't need to talk about it because that's just that's just what you expect come to expect from the Tigers these days. Gone up to <laughs> gone up to Queensland. Uh, had two wins, but you know due to NRL's bullshit, only came away with two points. But uh, you know went on a little tour. Came away defeated them both. Although that being said, if if the NRL hadn't been uh, if the if the refereeing hadn't been so crap against the Cowboys, and we had gotten our rightful win maybe the boys wouldn't have been as fired up coming into Brisbane because there was fire. Yeah. They were ready to go. Anyway.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I, I'm still mad for everyone involved that that Cowboys-Tigers game into the way it did. Yeah. That's something I'm not going to let go of. <laughs> no, I hope the ridiculous. NRL know that. I'm not forgetting about it.
1: <laughs> you, they, well, they'll have, eventually, they'll have no choice but to go back. It may be five years from now, but they'll have to reverse that, that decision.
2: Well, oh, I just think I just think I know that the the club and the ARLC was asking for the audio and the full the transcript of what went on. Um, be interesting. Be interesting <laughs> if that ever comes to light. If they don't bury it in the in all the paperwork and hide it with state secrets
1: somewhere. Amen. Predictions league. Ah, oh, yes, predictions league. Yes, how. The the wonderful on-running game. It's been a success, I think, this year. Massive. Loving it. Absolutely having fun. Um, Let's talk about what happened over the weekend and how our predictions went. So, in round 20, no one got any predictions right. Sorry to say. Shame. Um, So, I'll just go through all of the wrong predictions that we made. Our ladder leader, Tim, from Patreon, said that Sharks versus Rabbitohs will be level at... Half time. Oh. oh, he should have said full time. Then he would have Nearly. got. Um, Harv- that was worth five. Harvey, you said a player to score 100 points in NRL fantasy. And I think Jacob Kiraz got 98 or something like that. So close. So close. Um, so there you go. Incorrect. Mine was that all teams that wear red, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Knights, and Dragons, to win. The only team wearing red that did win was the Roosters. <sighs> incorrect. Uh, mm. Nikki from our Patreon said, Knights to defeat the Bulldogs by exactly six points. Not wrong and wrong. Bulldogs got the win. And Marina from our Patreon said, A halfback or 5'8 to score a try in every match. I thought this was a very like a cool prediction. A bit yeah. out of the box one. But already after the first game was not correct. Roosters Manly no. had no half score. I think there were only four games or so. From the weekend where I half scored. So incorrect again. But that's why we that's why we play. We we move on and we, <laughs> we get we get the chance to get it right this time.
2: That's right, that's right. So have you got a prediction for us for the week ahead?
1: You bloody bet I've got a prediction for you for the week ahead. I've talked Good. about my excitement of seeing David Nofaluma named in the Storm side. He better be named in the Storm side this afternoon because uh my whole prediction depends on it. <laughs> I've got Nofaluma in his first game in the purple and dark blue to score a hat trick. There, wow. I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Somebody had to say it. I'm going to say it. He's going to he's going to score a, a hat trick. Everyone's going to be saying, "Oh, he's totally not going to come back to the Tigers." I'll be going, <laughs> "No, nope, mate, he's to he's coming back better than ever." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh. so that's it. It's bold it's for the, sure. Yeah, it's, it's on the bold side. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But uh, I believe in my guy.
2: Good predictions. Um, I'm 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 pretty straight here. Just going manly to win <laughs> up against Parramatta.
1: This is this is a reverse of where we were at at the start of the season. Look at that. Yeah. You've gone basic. I've gone bold. That's it. Wow. Manly I'm to very
2: tempted, Ayers. very tempted to add the Raiders in to beat Penrith, but I don't think, I don't, I just don't think Penrith are going to lose. Not ready to make and it a multi. I, oh, Maybe I should.
1: Well, you. I'm going
2: to do it. I'm going to do it. <gasps> Late, like, like switch. Wow. Raiders and Manly to win. Wow. Add it in. It's in because the Raiders ninth. They, they've been playing really well, and they've they've got something to play for. Maybe Penrith will take one week. This is they're going to be their dip as they, as they work out that halves combo, because I'm not sure who's going to come into 58 I, I know Jermaine Salmon has been in and around the squad as he's a half. Um, maybe, maybe they'll move like Dylan Edwards into the halves and, and put Crichton back to fullback or something like that. Well, Who knows? Wow. Well. Maybe this is, yeah. Raiders need to win. Let's see if it can happen.
1: Now, here we go. Uh, We've 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 pretty much finished on our nominating players for the big award, the player of the year award in our Tataga Awards at the end of the year. But now it's time to look at all the other categories, the, the things that make up this beautiful Tataga Awards. What what the what the awards were were founded on was these yeah. fun categories that you don't see at the DALEMs, and it's time to kick it off once again for another year. Nominating players for our various categories. Um, we've got... What do we got? We've got Veteran of the Year that we're going to do today. We've yep. got Best Out of Position Performance. Yep. Most Improved. And Best Family. All categories that were in last year's awards that we're going to pull out again. We'll see as the weeks go forward if there's any new ones that make their way into the lineup. But uh, for now... Let's uh let's do some nominations as, as yeah. once again we'll each give one and if we've got the same we'll we'll have a debate of out of our backups who deserves the spot and we'll see.
2: That's right. And then it's going to go over to you guys the fans. You guys get to vote, nominate your players for the awards as well. We'll end up with four nominees for each category and the winner will be announced as voted by you guys at the grand to tag get awards ceremony at the end of the season oh it's gonna be
1: so grand
2: very very exciting do we want to kick it off with veteran of the year
1: let's kick it off with veteran of the year you ready let's uh do a bit of a three two one and say all right three two one chad adam reynolds (laughs) he took he took out adam reynolds uh, he won it last last year. year yes and he won it last year and i think he's going even better this year so he gets, my, he gets my pick again. But, yes, Chad Huge. Townsend, he's, what, 31, something like that? I think that qualifies yep. him for qualifies, veteran status. I mean,
2: veteran of the year, it, it sort of celebrates the people towards the back end of their careers. They don't have to be retiring at the end of the year or anything like that, but in the latter stages. Yeah.
1: and Pretty much, it's like an over-30s award sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. something like that. <laughs> I don't really know.
2: I, I just think Townsend... The the impact he's had at the Cowboys, especially if they go on to make the grand final or or be in the top two at the end of the regular season, is a massive turnaround, and the impact he's had there is unreal. So, yep. I think he's well and truly deserving a Veteran of the Year.
1: Nice, absolutely, yeah, totally. Uh, I think feel like we had this discussion. When we were nominating players for Player of the Year, I think it was the we same did. week that we did Reynolds and Townsend, and there was yeah. the similarities—the fact that they were both sort of, you know, out of favour at their old clubs or sort of thing, and have gone up and to Queensland and have really, really turned around a struggling side. So good for on sure. good on both of them. That's veteran for you. All right,
2: Raining champ. I wonder if we'll have any. Any players go back to back in any of the that's awards. That's the thing.
1: That's that. That's the thing. And with vet, with rookie of the year, you can't go back to back. But the beauty of veteran of the year, like yeah. Ca- Cameron Smith, could have gotten it six years in a row. He was, that's right. he was a veteran yeah. for that long. All right. Yeah. Best out of position performance. This is an interesting one. Okay. Let's do it. Three and remember when we're we're. Let's just be clear. We are talking about like a, a one or two or three games out of position sort of thing, right? We're yeah. not talking about because last year, last year we we made Matt Burton ineligible because he played all year at center. And I know there's another player who's been playing all the year at center. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I, I, I don't think we can put this guy forward for that award for this award. Okay, okay. That's well, just, that's just what. I, anyway, let's see. Let's see if we got the same. Let's see what happens. Player in mind. Let's see what happens. Three, two, one. Jackson Joey Hastings. Oh, yeah, you have go. gone now. You've gone for the reigning champ, Joey, Mardu won it last year. I have,
2: year. I have, and he's probably pushing it. Maybe, maybe four or five games at in the halves. I think certainly through Origin period, he's been there. Carey's been out for a little while as well. Oh yeah. Um, I think, well,
1: I think he sort of yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I think he's definitely played a little enough amount of games at half to be to be considered for the. I order. also
2: think he. he when the side's at full strength, he reverts back to centre. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so
1: he is... Exactly. That's that's exactly right. Because at the... Yeah, that's the difference. Because at the moment, like, a full-strength Shark side would still see Talakai play at centre. Yeah. Last year, a full-strength Panthers side would have Burton at centre. Whereas, yeah, a full-strength Roosters side... Manu's at center. So therefore that's right. playing at five eight is out of position. So yeah. That, a, that. a
2: potential a potential alternative award that we could look at in, in the weeks yeah. ahead is yeah. most successful positional switch. Yeah, see that's which, that, is, which yeah, is kind of the other the other's been like like Talakai moved into the centres, Val Holmes moved into the centres as true. well. There that's are a couple true. of nominees there, but we'll we'll put a pin in that and come back to it. Absolutely, he went for Hastings. I'm assuming his his.
1: I'm literally going. I'm literally going based on the week that just went. I mean, well, he's played, he's played a couple games at lock uh, now, but uh, he's 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 predominantly been a halfback or five eight for us. Yeah. So I, a lock is would be considered out of position for him. Um, and I'm I'm mainly basing it on the game that just went against the Broncos. He yeah. was phenomenal, and. Uh, he, He pretty much played like a halfback just in the middle of the field. So he was just a link-up man and he held his own. He defended so well in the middle. So he really is an absolute godsend and Mm. I pray that he gets better soon and comes back for us next year stronger and better than ever um, because we're missing him for the rest of the year which is really disappointing just as a sidebar that that (laughs) the moment Luke Brooks gets injured, Jackson Hastings gets injured as well and we literally barely barely get to see the Dewey Hastings combo, even with Jock yeah. Madden in there now, who was looking really good on the weekend. I just I just wish the Tigers selectors would wake up to themselves and pick the best players in the best positions uh, so we didn't have to wait till our best player gets injured before we can <laughs> kind of realise that. Anyway, Jackson Hastings at lock. I think he, he yeah, he's if he continues at lock for us, I actually wouldn't be too mad. I love him at half-back, but yeah. He, he is an excellent he's an excellent link up man and he gets yeah, he gets that, that he gets the play, play happening. So important. That's yeah. right. Um cool. All right. Most improved player. I think our winner of this award last year was Nico Hines. I'm not sure that this is an award that you can really go back to back on because once you've improved, you've kind of improved, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, you'd
2: really have to go to the next level. You'd really I mean And I, I I'm gonna say it before we announce our nominations, I'm I'm split. I've got a few nominees here. Yeah, this was I a really
1: this was a really tough one for me as well. So we'll see what happens. We can give, right. we can you know give shout outs to our second choices after after doing this, so that to maybe put something in the mind of the. Well, of I'm the almost listeners.
2: I'm almost tempted. I just want to spitball some ideas and and before I come up with my nomination, oh I don't, my I'm not I'm not 100 settled. If we do a countdown, that I'm going to say the name <laughs> that I want to say.
1: Well, hit me. Well, well. This is this is this is it's quite unorthodox. The format. Um, <laughs> I'm I don't know what to do. Um, Are you settled on on your pick? I've pretty much settled on my pick. I had a lot of like a lot of different choices, but I've pretty much settled on one. I'm happy to spitball with if you want.
2: No, I'll I'll, I'll say a name and then <laughs> I might change it. <laughs> let's let's stick with the All format. Right.
1: Okay. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Jeremiah Nani. Ruben Garrick. Nanai. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. Oh, <laughs> let's touch on yours first. Yeah. Nanai.
1: Jerry, Nanai.
2: Massively, massively impressive. Huge year. I'm going to question whether he's improved, though, or whether he's just... This is his first real cracker NRL, and he's always been this good. Is he more of like a surprise factor, or mm. do you think he's actually got better throughout the season?
1: Yeah, interesting. That's an interesting point you do bring up. Wow.
2: Because there's no doubt that he's like one of the most impressive players in the comp yeah but it is kind consider. of his first
1: proper full year
2: but mm. i think he's a shoe in for like rookie of the year and i'm i'm questioning whether he's
1: he's improved is that improved, what the improved or whether he's or just actually
2: about? just a really really like this is because it, it, this is kind of his benchmark year right that's true actually next year if he goes to another level
1: that's true all right well i d- i've got a backup as well if you'd like me to i might spitball my backup as all well all right
2: yeah yeah.
1: My backup is it, Dylan Brown.
2: Yeah, cool. Cool.
1: I think he qualifies. 100%. 100%.
2: Well, maybe I'll I go with Dylan Brown instead. Yeah.
1: Who, so who who are you, you, you tossing Okay, so
2: my, my logic on Garrick is that he's improved massively at fullback. He yeah. had a great year last year, was obviously um, the league's top point scorer. His kicking got him a long way there. But I think his playmaking and his defence and everything at fullback has come leaps and bounds. But I fully acknowledge that this is like manly bias. I watch more manly games than any other teams, obviously. And I've just been super impressed with him. And I think he could easily be a starting fullback at any other club. Mm. But maybe I'm going to switch because my other two are Tommy Dearden, who has yeah. you know had a rocky start to yeah. his NRL career, That's especially it. at the Broncos. And this year, he's really lived up to his potential. Got his origin debut. Yeah, I think, that's... in terms of just raw improvement, he's probably a better candidate.
1: It's pretty good.
2: And then a, a, a smoky, who hasn't played to their potential for a number of years, is Matt Moylan. I think at the Sharks. Wow! Shies. Yes, he's really in a settled system
1: with, with Nico you know Hines. the
2: confidence yeah. and the, like in the oh. players around him with the partnerships, but from the coach as well. Um, playing at 5-8 I know he's moved to between fullback and stuff in recent years as well I think this has been his best year since he left Penrith and I think he's massively improved or, or got back to the level that you know is mm. potentially a premiership winning combination um,
1: wow. that is tricky that is tricky I, I, I'm just going to say it I think that out of those three I don't think I don't think you should go with Ruben Garrick <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I I, I, I just, I'll agree, and, and, and that's why and I Just because
1: I think Ruben Garrick has spent a lot of time at fullback over the last few years due to Tommy Turbo's injury problems, mm. and I think I've, I, I like I don't think like maybe he's at his best at fullback than he's ever been this year. But I feel like he's always been pretty solid at fullback, and so like I'm talking like the level of improvement, like
2: what's yeah, I think I think in terms of raw improvement, I think I think Dearden gets my nomination. Cool. I think I'm going for him. Lock it His, in, yeah, Tommy he is. He's really exploded into. He's, he's one of the form 5'8s in the comp he is. across the season. And he he lived up to all the hype at Origin level as well. So
1: he's an Origin winning number six.
2: That's it. Tommy Dearden. Tommy Dearden. All he's right. Improved.
1: So we got Dylan Brown and Tommy Dearden for that one. And finally, a bit of a fun one Best Family. Um, Interesting one. the The turbos are the reigning champs. They took it out last year. Will it be yeah. the case again? Will it be the case again? Obviously, one of the brothers has spent a lot of time on the sidelines this year. Who knows? Don't know what's going to happen. Let's put our nominations forward. I guess we're just saying like the surname or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go for that. Three, two, one. The Walters. Okay, you've gone for that. <laughs> I've gone for the Walterses. Um, I think that it's an unexpected one that we, you know, I think that Kevy Walters, uh, with Billy Walters going up to to join his dad at the Broncos, I thought that Billy Walters would still just, you know, sort of be on the outer, maybe coming off the bench, maybe not even making the side, just a bit of depth. But he's kind of, Kevy's turned his son into a proper NRL hooker and he's in a side that's now, you know, fighting for the top four. He's he's a he's a potentially a top four hooker. So well, not top four in the grand scheme of individual yeah, hookers, yeah. but a, for a top four side. Oh, I get what you mean. I, I,
2: that, I, I fully credit them. They're yeah. like they're a great family, and I think there was a lot of sort of skepticism when uh, the move was in the works for a while of mm. getting Billy up to up to the Broncos. But I think he's proven his worth to, to that team and and to Brisbane. Um, i have obviously on the Trubovic's Manifun. I can't look past them. They're the best family in the league. I think both in terms of like playing talent in terms of their contributions on and off the pitch. I think they're like ideal role models. They do a lot of charity work as well. They do a lot of work for the local community. Benny has, has come leaps and bounds this year as well. It's um, just celebrated his 21st birthday over the weekend. So congratulations, Ben.
1: Congratulations on aging. <laughs>
2: And, yeah, I just think that they offer so much to Manly and and to the New South Wales State. I just can't go past them. I I had a couple of backups, um, one being the Cleary family, just because of how they continue to dominate the NRL, both from a coaching perspective and from a playing perspective. Um, A family who I could see taking it out, maybe not this year, maybe in the years to come of the Safidi twins oh yeah now that both have played Origin if mm. they both play for like New South Wales in the same game the starting front row pair oh. Oh, then I think they're a shoo-in that, that year yeah
1: whatever year um, that happens season six I'm, if they talk a good game
2: yeah I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out because I think they've both now proven themselves at that level so if they if they have a strong start to the year at the Knights or wherever they may be um, yeah they, they've got plenty of their career ahead of them, and I like them—the the Bash brothers, the yeah. Bash
1: twins. My my backup, my backup family nomination was actually uh, the Arthurses, um, <laughs> because just just for the sheer fact that Jacob Arthur was unashamedly able to move. Parramatta's best player this year, Dylan Brown, to centre. I just thought the the yeah. lack of shame that Brad Arthur had as a, as a father coach to put his son at 5'8 and move yeah. his best 5'8 to centre, I think that's that's family loyalty, if ever I've seen it. I'm not suggesting it was a good move. I'm just suggesting that you've got to be loyal to your family to be making moves <laughs> like that. And for that, I guess that's what best family is all about.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, good good <laughs> few nominations there. Good ones, but Um, it is
1: for us at the moment, Walters and Truboeviches, and then we just got the fans to decide the others, and that's how it's going to work with all these. There'll be four nominees, so two nominee spots are up for grabs. We'll chuck these on our Instagram. You can mm -hmm. put your nominees forward, and then at the end of the season, you can vote, and then we'll have our award ceremony. And we'll keep doing this every week from now on until the end of the regular season, so very exciting. Absolutely,
2: and if you've got any award ideas, any categories that you know, don't get celebrated Dalliums, a bit out there, a bit abstract. Send them Send through, them let in. us know. We are happy to accommodate them. The more ideas, the better. That's right. Let's make this to tag your awards better than last year. You betcha.
1: Improve. Let's make it. This, well, we wouldn't be saying, let's make it last year's one, still the best one. <laughs> yes. Let's make this one a little bit disappointing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, oh, well. Harvey, until next time. Bye-bye.